welcome, 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 everybody. That's like six welcomes. To the um, yeah, I'm not even sure if the first welcomes might not even be in there. Well, then we'll try again. Welcome, 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 everybody. Six welcomes, I believe. To the 90s mixtapes. I am Pat, joined by my lovely co-host, Jen. Hello. And this week, we are... Going over this episode, we are covering the movies of July 1993. Uh, we watched one of them, Robin Hood Men in Tights, which both of us had pretty uh, strong feelings about um, at the time. I watched it a lot. It was uh, like one of the, I would say, like safe space movies, right? That could be on one of the premium channels. My parents didn't care. So mm-hmm. I watched it a lot when I was young. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I think it's going to bring a decent enough conversation here for us to discuss uh, spoof movies in general and kind of what we think happened with it. And, you know, I thought about it and I said last week or last month, we had a heated discussion. We talked about Sleepless in Seattle. We talked about Jurassic Park, right? Talked a lot about Sleepless in Seattle. And we forgot to go over like a blind movie, right? Like we didn't, we didn't do that. Yeah. Which kind of makes sense because we both knew this movie kind of going into it. I could tell you most of the, you know, kind of the plot. So it wasn't like it was... I think that the last movie episode just went longer. So we were like, okay, we need to wrap this up and didn't remember. I don't think it was intentional. Right. And since I goofed on Sleepless in Seattle, you will definitely be doing the blind movie uh, taste test here this time. For our August pick. But... Let's let's start with the overview of July. A lot of a lot of movies came out in July. As we know, June was huge. Um, Sleepless in Seattle is considered one of the you would say right one of the better romantic comedies or one of the iconic romantic comedies. I should say right. Mm-hmm. Jurassic Park considered one of the biggest you know blockbuster movie releases of all time. Created an entire franchise. Created iconic movie scenes and conversations, but. When we go into July, what we see is we do see some more just straight-up action movies. We see the movie The Firm, which is actually a really good movie with Tom Cruise. Lawyer movie. Like a thrill lawyer thriller movie. Like, you have to kind of be into it. John Grisham type thing. Yeah, I remember. I don't know if I've seen it or not, but I definitely remember it. I remember the book and it being a big deal. Have you seen the movie In the Line of Fire with Clint Eastwood? No, probably not. He was, like, allegedly, like a, you know, he was a... It was a good movie. He was like a Secret Service agent who like was on the watch when Kennedy died, and so like now someone's trying to kill like another president or whatever. He's like, nah, not on my watch. Like I'm gonna get him. <laughs> so it's like a, you know, like a you you know what kind of movie that is, right? This is kind of towards. I don't know if it's towards the. I would imagine it was probably towards the end of. You know, you have to do a deep dive because it is 30 years ago, and Clint Eastwood is still making movies now, like Gran Torino and things like that came out. Probably mid two thousands, maybe mid two thousand tens. I mean, he's still making movies, so I would just say maybe it's like the tail end of the Clint Eastwood has like an official job title at a governmental agency type job. You know what I mean? Like I don't know how much more you could believe at this point because at that point he's probably like in his sixties. I don't know how much more you could believe. Maybe he was like a Secret Service agent, but hey. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, there was another stakeout. Do you know what that movie was? No. So there was like the original movie, like uh, like I think it was just called like a stakeout, and it had like Rosie O'Donnell and like Richard Dreyfus, I think, and they were like an odd couple. I think they were like a married couple or like an odd couple that like got involved in like a police stakeout, and now like they're using them like undercover at like a 
resort or something. I vaguely remember this because this would also come on like in the summer, like the next summer. Because movies would take like a year to come out. So it would come on like the next summer. It would come on like TV. And I'm like, I don't really understand why this is funny. But I remember that when I saw that that that, that movie had come out. Yeah, I had no idea what that was. Um, a movie called Rising Sun. You ever see a movie called Rising Sun, Jen? I'm going to say you didn't. But <laughs> Michael Creighton book um, that got adopted into a screenplay. Or Michael Creighton um, screenplay. Sean Connery and Wesley Snipes. Takes place in like Japan. Pretty cool movie if you haven't seen it. Um, having said that, we have So I Married an Axe Murderer. Son-in-law. Coneheads. <laughs> um, Hocus Pocus. Free Willy. Weekend at Bernie's 2 and Rookie of the Year that also came out in July. I so, know. I feel like we maybe picked the wrong one to rewatch. I, I actually don't think so because I think we're going to have a good conversation about it. I I, okay. I listed all those other movies because I've seen all those other movies as well. A lot of them PG-13 type comedies. A lot of them, again, would cycle through. Um, and I think when we talk about Robin Hood Men and Tights, it's actually going to be important that I mention all these other ones too because it, it really goes to a bygone era. Here's July 30 years ago. And I just listed off like six or eight comedies. And not just six or eight comedies. I would say like Son-in-Law is for the like 13 to like 17 demo. Maybe maybe 13 to like 24, right? That Paulie Shore type humor. Yes. You know, we're also going to get movies like Airheads down the line. Stuff like that. That like I remember being like a teenager-ish with that like younger humor and being like, oh, I kind of like, I like this movie. Mm-hmm. You had Coneheads, which is for the Saturday Night Live people, right? So if you like Saturday Night Live, like they would make a lot of those movies. Now they just make shows, right? They don't even really make movies like that, right? Like the cast members end up on shows or some of those recurring characters. They don't even you know get that kind of stuff. You had Rookie of the Year and Free Willy. Well, straight. they just did a second Ghostbusters, and I mean, a few years. Yeah, ago. but that was the, um, but Conan's is a character they created. Like that's yeah. a character they created on SNL. Yeah. Like I don't really know how much they spin that off anymore, um, or at least they do it on like a show. McGruber. McGruber, true, but that was a show. It was a movie first, like in the early two thousands, mid two thousands, and then it just became a show again. Like all that stuff becomes like yeah, a show. It's definitely it doesn't not. become a movie yeah, yeah. with a wide release. Um, no. Free Willy. And Rookie of the Year, those are kids' movies. I remember seeing them in the sweltering, you know, stuff of the, you know, heat of the summer, and then it's a rainy day, and you're like, well, what do we do with these kids? I'll take them to movies, right? Wednesday, $5 movies, $3 movies, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So I remember seeing these movies. Um, and what was the other one said? Um, Hocus Pocus, again, you know, pick. Are you, a, like, I feel like Free Willy and Hocus Pocus are really for, like, the kitty kitties. Like, I was, like, I was, like, 10, so, you know, 9. Like, I didn't really want to see these movies, so I didn't see them in the theater. Oh, I was My older. brother did, though. I My saw Free did. Willy, and I was older yeah. than you. <laughs> no, I saw it in the theater, but I didn't want to see it in the theater. My brother, oh, they took gotcha. my, they were, like, taking my brother, who was 6 at the time, so they're, like, we're going to take him to go see that movie, because he liked, you know, marine animals and things like that. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, who didn't like marine animals? Yeah. And then finally you had Weekend at Bernie's 2, which I don't really know what who the audience was for Weekend <laughs> at Bernie's 2. But I remember... I the, big rem- fa- the big fans of Weekend at Bernie's 1. So, have you seen Weekend at Bernie's 2? I don't know, honestly. I know I've seen at least one of them. But I'm not really sure. I could so, have. I remember not seeing Weekend at Bernie's 1. Like, at all. Like, I just didn't see it. And the idea of the, that that specific comedy, for those that don't know, if you're just listening now and you're tuning in, the idea is, like, I think it's, like, two friends. I could be wrong. Two friends that are, like, at, you know, Uncle, Friend, whoever, Bernie. 
and Bernie dies, and they're there, like, for the weekend, and they get, like, all these hijinks while they're pretending that this guy is alive, right? So they're, like, fucking around with his dead body in order to pretend that he's alive. Well, weekend at Bernie's, too, somehow they end up on, like, a tropical island, and there's, like, voodoo involved, so his corpse becomes, like, reanimated, but it's still a completely dumb comedy. I don't think I've seen that. So, like, (laughs) there's, like, music, and it appears he's, like, dancing along, and they're still doing all this shit, but it's, like, on, like, an island. They're on, like, an island resort. Right. So it's just basically like here was a first movie that we made, let's say, in like L.A. or something like we had this idea for a comedy, made this movie in L.A. And now we're like, well, we can't really get it financed. So we're just going to go to like, you know, Sandals and, and film it in the off season, you know, film it in the Bahamas or Barbados or something on the cheap. Like, it's just I remember watching that movie and just not understanding why the fuck people didn't realize this was a dead body and just thinking like dead bodies don't look like that right like even as a kid i knew like this Mm. is dumb like just dumb so they're just doing all sorts of height i think they're trying to sell something or buy something or do something um swindle someone inadvertently you know lighthearted swindling but you know the moral of the story is there was a a dead corpse here that we were manipulating and dealing with the entire uh, the entirety of two movies so not great not great weekend of bernie's too yeah no that is a timeshare in uh, aruba (laughs) (laughs) like i don't know who that movie was for oh my god um i'm surprised that you haven't like at all seen it the budget was 15 to 17 million it was panned by critics it grossed 12 million um larry wilson and richard parker are at a manhattan morgue when they see the corpse of their ceo bernie lomax larry falsely claims bernie as his uncle so he can get some of his possessions including his credit card Oh, shit. So they're not- At the insurance company, Larry and Richard are quizzed by their boss and Arthur Hummel, the company's internal investigator, who asked the two if they have the U.S. $2 million that Bernie embezzled. They deny knowing where their money is, but their boss believes they're lying and fires them. He also sends Hummel after them, giving him two weeks to prove their guilt. Over dinner paid with Bernie's credit card, Larry tells Richard he found a key to a safe deposit box in St. Thomas, the U.S. Virgin Islands, and asks Richard if he'll use the computer at work to see if the $2 million is in Bernie's account. At first, Richard refuses, but ultimately gives in. Meanwhile, in the U.S. Virgin Islands, a voodoo queen named Mo- Mobu is hired by mobsters to find the $2 million Bernie stole. There you go. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything further, just in case I mean, you I decide wouldn't. to watch it. I, I, but there's the, sh- there's the shenanigans. Like we, in case you decide to watch it. I guess he was their boss, and then, uh, like I said, in this instance, he pretends he's his uncle, right? And then, But they, I know that they get the corpse out of the morgue, and they bring it on an airplane, no. and there's all, there's all these high... But he's not a corpse. He's just... He's like an actor that just is not moving. It's so fucking dumb. We can have these too. Guys, um, you know what happened after that movie came out. Like, you don't have to... The critics told you it wasn't that great. As a 10-year-old, I was like, this isn't that great, so... I know, I know I've seen the first one. But. Yeah, I've never like seen the first one. I just remember saying because there was this like golden age. I think it's like next summer, where my sister's like thirteen or fourteen. My parents would be at work during the day, so like we had to kind of like stay home unless we were like with family, right? Like if we went to my cousins or something. Mm-hmm. So we were like home during the day, like during the week, and so like you could just watch TV, right? And we had a couple different TVs in the house. So I just remember like having stars on or encore on because my mom would always get all the movie channels because she loved watching all the movies. And these movies would cycle through because they were from last year. And I remember just seeing like all these movies, like let's say the summer of 94, just seeing all these crappy movies. It'd be like, oh, here's Jurassic Park, which is not a crappy movie. And then here's Weekend at Bernie's 2 again, which you're like, oh. And then eventually, 
before the whole streaming thing, I mean, they have it now too, where they have like six different networks of each like thing. So it's like, here's HBO Max and Extreme and Comedy. And like these things would just mm, play. Yeah, like yeah. they just have these movies and you're like, ah, why am I watching, you know, <laughs> Son-in-Law again? But you probably like Son-in-Law, right? I wanted that to be the movie that we watched. So tell me your thoughts on Son-in-Law. Tell me your feelings I, you know, on actually, I think I've seen it within the last few few years, maybe. It was like on TV or something. It's so dumb. It's just so dumb. I mean, I'm glad that that's why. I did. But I liked it. You know, what did you like about it? What did you see it in the theater? Like, what? What is no, your? No, I don't think I saw it in the theater. I liked. What's your connection? I don't. I can't tell you why I like a Pauly Shore movie when I'm 13, 14 years old. Was it your favorite Pauly Shore movie? Um. I like Jury Duty. I didn't really. I thought it was just silly. I didn't really like Jury Duty. That's funny. I liked this. I liked Encino Man. I liked Biodome. Biodome too was good. <sighs> yeah, this was. I don't know. This was up there though, and it's so. Eh. Just the idea that this is like it's just so. I I can't. It, what is it like? This a girl brings him home and is pretending that he's her fiance or something. I don't remember why. I don't. I, I actually like, don't think I've seen this movie. And he's in, like, the South South. Mm-hmm. And I don't I, know. I know that there's, like, a scene with Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Um, I don't think I've actually seen this movie, per se. Um, but I probably have. It's probably been on. And, like, there was a time for me, probably, I was, like, probably 12. 12 to 14, then I kind of, like, was, like, okay with Pauly Shore movies. Yeah, I know. It's not... He was a little too... It was a little too cartoonish. And I know later on, uh, especially in the early 2000s, late 90s, I think, early 2000s, like, Tom Green is going to be huge. He's going to, like, <laughs> explode. And I, they just reminded me of the same kind of person with the same kind of humor. It's just this really... I wouldn't... Like, cause I feel bad because they're really funny people. Like... So I don't want to say like juvenile because I feel like that's wrong because that's not no, the right I term. I think that's fine. But it's kind of like skews to a certain sort of like base of people, like things that you're going to laugh at. I and think juvenile is fine. It's jokes on jokes on jokes of the same thing. And it's really, you know, like I said, it's funny that we ended up picking Men in Tights because I think this is the perfect movie to pick to talk about all of this and talk about what we were just talking about with the comedies. So we rewatched Robin Hood Men in Tights. And in rewatching that movie, I had this certain nostalgia in my brain for what this movie was and my attachment to the movie. This movie would play all the time on Stars and Encore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved this movie so much when I was a kid because there was just so many endless bits, right? Everything was a bit setting up to another bit, setting up to another bit. And you could jump in and jump out at any point and be like, okay, this is the scene where um, Robin and the Merry Men are going to fight all of the guys inside the banquet hall and like you know the few jokes that are going to come in from that or this is the end of the movie or this is when patrick stewart shows up or this is this or this is that all these different things so like most mel brooks movies a lot of different set pieces a lot of different things that are there that happen um a lot of different you know again scenes because it's kind of like a spoof movie but it's also like definitely a spoof movie right but it's also like a it's like a send-up of other movies do you know like what a true spoof movie is i'm putting you on the spot here but like i actually looked at it because i want to do a little bit of research no i would have assumed this was a spoof movie so, like space balls like any mel do you know the difference between a spoof movie and a parody oh um no but if i had to guess yeah guess. i would say maybe a spoof movie 
kind of makes fun of a genre or multiple movies where a parody makes fun of one specific thing? 100% correct. Really? Yeah. People get that wrong. Like, and I'm one of them. Because at first I was like, oh, you know, like I kind of use the terms interchangeable. So it's, it's good that you know that because it makes it that much easier to kind of have this conversation. So the idea of the spoof movie and kind of where it went versus where it was, it was a it appeared it was a cheaper movie to make and you and you were able to appear appeal to a broad stream audience, right? Or mainstream audience. Because at the time, what connected us? Like what kind of art, what kind of things connected us? Like movies, right? So if you're gonna do like hot like hot shots, right? Everybody knows war movies. So here's Charlie Sheen who's like hot, like I'm a hot shot. like making fun of Rambo and like Apocalypse Now and like all these other movies, right? To when we get to, like, not another teen movie and, like, all these other movies in the 90s into the early 2000s where they're like, let's make fun of every teen movie. I've, you know, that's when I fell off these movies. Scary movie, yeah. right? And I know you've probably seen Scary Movie, though. I don't like it. Everybody loved it. Whether you liked it or not, yeah. you've seen it. I've we seen all saw and, it. I've seen bits and pieces. But the point of that is, like, okay, here's the ghost face killer, and then we're making, like, yeah, yeah, Friday yeah. 13 jokes. Because it's all you things that you know. Right. right. It's all mm -hmm. things that you know. Well, a couple things happen let's say in the past 10 years. One of them is we as like people and like the movie studios, we stopped consuming things in the same way. So we stopped like the like studio stopped making these movies. I just read you a slate of like eight comedies that all came out in one month. So think about how many movies are coming out now. Like last week, three weeks ago, Barbie came out with Oppenheimer and they're like, yo, do you like make this Barbenheimer event? Go see this like funny, bubbly, like pink movie and then go see this terrible gray biopic about the atomic bomb. What comes out after that? I Meg too. Like where's the, com where's the true comedy? Where's the, we're going to, where's the 10 pole? We're going to take 10 people and put them out in a movie that, you know, Where's the Wedding Crashers? Where are these movies? They don't make them anymore, right? And where's the spoof movie? Well, they just don't make that at all. And the reason there are a lot of people were looking at it and kind of reading about it is like, the idea of a spoof movie is that you're going to be making fun of something that everybody kind of knows, but because of social media, everybody already knows the joke the minute the joke happens, right? So how can you be making fun of things if everybody can just take those hot takes on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on wherever, and make the jokes, parody the things immediately. Everything can be instantly parodied. So there's really no way you can make this one swath movie that you're going to appeal to everybody. Everything needs to be more dialed down into like specifically like a, you know, really just like a parody. And then that's what makes a movie like this just seem so completely in a time capsule. Yeah. Like you watch this and part of the reason why we wanted to watch it, I remember a very specific scene early on where a Chew played by... <laughs> Dave Chappelle is getting beat up and he's like, all right, everybody stop. He's got to like pump up his shoes. Mm -hmm. And it was so funny because like, I remember as a kid, I was like, yo, I wanted those like Reeboks. I wanted those like pump up shoes because yeah. I thought that was so cool, but it's like so silly, but I wanted it because you just wanted it. Everybody wanted it. So like, and it was yeah. there. And it's like, you think about that and like that kind of joke, everybody knew that joke, but like those shoes would have been eviscerated the minute that they came out right now or whatever it is, or just would have been like a joke and then they would go away. No, like, that's the whole Do thing. Do they still have those shoes? I don't think so. I know they have the ones for little kids that, like, light up. Well, I, I was just thinking about the thing. anime shoes. Like, when Seth Rollins wore those giant anime shoes and, like, all the celebrities were giant wearing those giant, like, Oh, you mean shoes. those big red boots? Those big, like... Yeah, and how long did that last? Fluffy boots? Like, a week. 
Because yeah. everybody was in on the joke and then everybody was out on the joke. So, like, how do you parody that now in a year when you, like, take that joke and yeah. go, we're going to take that joke and put this in our movie where we're going to do you know 75 how you other it? jokes? You put it on SNL and then it, it happens. And then, yeah, well, because that's the thing. Everything uh-huh. happens instantly. So, the, yeah. the, this genre of movie can't really exist anymore. I think, I think you're right. And also, I think comedy is kind of, like, trending a little bit more subtle now. You know? Like, a lot less slapstick, in-your-face bits. It's more... I don't know. I feel like it, a little more like behavior, like, and I don't know, like, I feel like this is very juvenile. Like this movie watching it is like, wow, this, like, I don't know. I, I mean, comedy comes and goes in trends. Everybody knows that like different right. comedians, like we love Jim Carrey as a kid right now. Like that kind of old Jim Carrey humor is a little bit much. Right. You know, I think, that's part of it. Like, everything seemed to be very in-your-face at this time, where now it's more subtle, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I, I would go one step further and just say, if the idea of having these type of comedies is because these type of comedies have been, let's say, passed, passed, passed down from generation, right? So you, you think, like, you go back to, like, Life of Brian, History of the World Part One, all these other movies. They're movies that, like, my parents, your parents, They've seen them. Maybe they watched them with their parents and it was all like safe and it was like a safe space humor that everybody could agree. Like we could all laugh at these things. Now, when you rewatch them now, you're like, some of it's a little cringe, fine. But you all agree that like this form of comedy is acceptable, right? You, everybody accepts it. It doesn't offend anybody. And at the same time, you think of something like Spaceballs, like, which is uh, an amazing movie an amazing um, spoof film on that sci-fi genre. There's the scene where the alien jumps out and then does a song and dance, right, from the guy, you know, making fun of Alien. There's, you know, Pizza the Hut, which is making fun mm-hmm. of Pizza Hut. There's, mm-hmm. but also Jabba the Hut. There's, you know, Darth Helmet. There's all the different little things that are parodying Star Trek and Star Wars and all those things that everybody knew those properties enough to get the joke. When you watch this movie... And you're like, this is, again, the next evolution of that or keeps going with the next stories. It's like, we talked about it. There's an entire scene with the Godfather in there. Like, I'm 10 years old. You asked me, you're like, did you get that scene? Like, when you were a kid. And I was like, I, I understood, like, what it was. Because I knew that he was being, like, an Italian guy. I knew he was being, like, the Godfather. I'd never seen the Godfather at 10. Yeah. Or those scenes. But I, like, had an idea. But, like, that whole thing just kind of went over my head. But it was also very innocuous. So if you were my parents watching the movie at the same time and just like looked over my shoulder, you could see that and get some, you know, laugh at the Luca Brasi, um, you know, uh, joke that's in there. Laugh at the Dom DeLuise being um, Don Corleone. You could laugh at all of that and then keep moving. So right. it's so it's a movie that's made and built for multiple people. I think comedies now really dial dial in to an audience, and they're like, we want to appeal to this audience specifically, and then that's how we hit. Right? We're not trying to appeal to everybody. And I think picking this movie really highlights that because some of those other comedies I talked about were a little bit more specific. Like I don't think there's any world where my mom watched Son in Law the movie because she didn't like Pauly Shore and didn't like his humor. Right? No, I don't think that that was. I don't think. <laughs> no. But we, she definitely watched Robin Hood Men Tights. She thought it was stupid. She literally was like, this movie's stupid. That's what she said. That's what she would say to movies like that. She'd be like, that movie is stupid. But she also knew, like, it's safe. Like, Mel Brooks is making a safe movie that my kid could watch mm-hmm. that is not going to, you know, so, certain things are definitely going to go over his head. But also other things are not going to be like, you know, it's not going to be that bad. Right. For a PG-13 movie. 
Now, you said you had an attachment to this movie when you were a kid? Yeah, I mean, I watched it a lot. I thought it was funny. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it really goes beyond that. It's not. I didn't really like Robin Hood movies. It's not like I was really into Robin Hood movies or anything. Right. So, ow. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just thought, like, I don't know. It was, like, it was on all the time. It was on all the time? It was on all the time. Guys, I can't stress enough <laughs> of a movie that was on all the time. And especially if you were home, like, if you were home in the summer, this movie was on all the fucking time. Yeah. They played it all the time. It was like, I, 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 I would dare to venture that when they decided they were going to, like, do these additional channels and, like, a comedy channel, this was one of, like, the movies that they, like, bid for. Either stars or HBO, or whatever it was, because it was on all the time, just all the time. Yes. <laughs> I I probably seen this movie before today, before we just watched it. I probably seen it like, no joke, a hundred times. I was gonna say I probably seen it twenty, but no, probably like because it would just be on in the background. Because again, this is the you know, we're still talking about the time where you just flip through the channels. You flip through the like, channels. You on. put something on, and then you're not paying attention. I'm reading like my Game Informer magazine, or yeah. my Game Pro magazine, just or have I'm something on. Just doing something, right? And I'm 11 or 12, and it's like, okay, well, I can have this on, and I'm not gonna get. You know, if somebody comes, if one of my family members comes in, like I'm not gonna feel. It's not like awkward, or it's not like, oh, you're watching Star Wars again. It's like something that maybe they watch, maybe they don't watch, but it's not gonna bother anybody, right? It's not uh, in the line of fire with Clint Eastwood. Yeah, and my I think parents that. Are like, like, what the fuck are you watching? <laughs> I think that you called it that it was just kind of like, oh, what's on TV? Let me put on the most mm, entertaining, but also ignorable thing I've seen a thousand times. That Yeah, like, it's just on. You never were like, let me put on this VHS tape, unless you really want to sit down and watch something, right? Like, right. it wasn't... And then, and then when you put on a VHS streaming. tape, yeah, so, I mean, at least us, I, I, I mean, I think we've talked about it, but at least us, like, we didn't have... We had a TV... In a bunch of different rooms, but we didn't have, you know, and there were various levels of televisions, but we didn't have um, <laughs> levels. Well, they were like I told you, there was a black. We had a black and white. We had yeah, dial that's, ones. That's wild. They had a black and white. You know, and then we had like boxes that. So you you had a dial TV that had a box, so it still worked with the box. It just had a dial. You had to have it dialed on three. Yeah, I had one of those, and but then it four was color. Would be the PlayStation. Yeah, well, we well my sister had the the black and white, and that TV was forever. It still. If it never got thrown out, it probably never would have, like, it's never, those things never died. But, um, we didn't have VCRs in every room. We had two VCRs, one in my parents' room and one in, like, the main living room. Mm-hmm. So, if my parents had rented a video or whatever, they were watching it downstairs, like, I couldn't watch it. Like, you know what I mean? So, you couldn't just be like, I'm going to go watch this tape, you know, like, it just didn't work. And that's just how all this stuff worked. I mean, there were tapes and you had to have a VCR to watch them. So, in rewatching this movie, a couple things that really kind of, like I said, a couple things stood out. Some of the jokes aged pretty well. Others were pretty just standard fare, I thought. Um, the the kind of rapping and the merry men part, I thought was still pretty funny. I thought it was silly, but funny. Yeah. Um, I think that we can just say the whole thing is silly. It's definitely silly. So, like, even parts that were funny, like, we don't need to say that it was silly. It's implied. It's an implication that I really enjoyed. I told you, I really enjoyed a lot of the like self spoofing, self parody of like the Princess Bride, where Carrie always, Mm -hmm. who's Robin Hood in this movie, was also, um, you know, the Dread Pirate Roberts, Wesley in that movie. So, like, there's different scenes that seem to be like complete ripoffs or or just 
overall same setups, same things from that movie. So it's pretty funny. I, I enjoyed that. Even now I enjoy that because I'm like, oh, I feel like I've seen him do this before, but like, aren't they taking this? I'm like, dude, yes. Yeah. You know that they're taking that, like th this whole like castle set up for a sword. Like, yes, the whole thing. And I had seen Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and I thought that was a good movie. I don't know if everybody else in the world thought it was a good movie, but I thought that was a good movie. Like, I liked that movie. So that was another thing. I think that had come out in 91. Um, Where okay. Kevin Costner's Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah. I remember that movie. Um, I think, I've, yeah, I definitely saw it. It's just not as many times as I've seen this. Yeah, no, because that was like a real movie. <laughs> 91. Yeah, that was a real movie. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, the the thing about this movie is this was pro also probably the last... It probably beat me to a point that I didn't just didn't want to watch any of these movies anymore. I remember seeing Scary Movie, and I remember seeing Not Another Teen Movie, and both of them was very diminishing returns. Like, Spaceballs, to me, was, like, the best of all of these. But that was me, because I like Star Wars and Star Trek and stuff, like, and Alien. So, like, I like that movie. Mm -hmm. But even rewatching that was a lot. And it was kind of, like, its own... It was like his own genre, his own thing, because it's like, you know, Star Wars is like completely lighthearted and action -y and fantasy. And like, this is like, you know, trying to make some jokes, trying to really say some different things and do some things. But also it is like kind of a cool looking movie. It's not the, you know, Spaceballs wasn't the worst look, looking movie. No. You know, in terms of like a sci-fi thing. So it's pretty cool. But that's Robin Hood Men and Tights like it's just like I really wanted to like it more now I and know. it just didn't, didn't I know didn't stand up I, and I don't know why because I don't think it was the movies I think it's just the variety of comedy and I think we've outgrown it not only like age wise but also just like it, I just don't think society does these kinds of comedies anymore you know like I think it's just the trend yep. is gone and it's yep I and, don't know and in doing that, like, like I, and I think it's like the office, like right, those kind of like more situ, like uh, subtle, like real type comedy situations just became popular. And I think it's that mixed with, and I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't know if if it ever goes back. Documentary. It's yeah. that, but then it's also like it's the idea of like, like YouTube. And, like, TikTok and, like, all these other things where you can find people that you think are funny. And then they can do their own little things that you can think are funny. That you don't need, you know, Hollywood doesn't need to spend $30 million and bring all these people together for these jokes that they're trying to appeal to my mom and me. It's like, you can find your own humor. And it costs a lot less. Well, there's also a lot, a lot of comedy, comedy things, like, on Netflix and a lot of shows. I really do. I think a lot of that's going to go away, though, once this, like, writer strike comes back. I really do. Because I think a lot of these... And I'll tell you why. I think a lot of these studios and even the streaming platforms, as we can see, every other month on the news you see, it's like, okay, well, this one's going up a dollar, and that one's going up a dollar. They're all going up more, and it's got to get to a level that it consolidates. And the reason they're going up more is because they're all losing money. And they're all losing money because it's all fake numbers, and it's all fake numbers that they create... Because there's only so many billion people on the planet. And there's only so many ways you can slice this pie. It's not like brand new subscribers are just appearing out of nowhere. Like, oh, hey, you know, for example, like we have HBO Max, but we get that with our cable subscription. Right? So if we yeah, canceled cable. we're like the last cable, people in America with a cable subscription. <laughs> yeah, if we canceled cable, right? 
and just paid the $15 for HBO Max, then we would be a new subscriber. But we're not. We're the same people. And we're paying it through a cable thing. So it's this, like, circle of, like, it's none of it's really real, you know? People, there's only so much time in a day, and there's only so much you can consume. And there's so many great things that just exist and then go away. And I think that's the thing is it's really hard. Something like this is just like, this is coming out in the movie theater. I remember the trailer. I remember the trailer guy. I remember the whole thing. Um, as a kid, remember it being like, oh, I want to see that movie. That's Robin Hood, but it's silly. Like, I want to see that, right? Like, when was the last time you saw a trailer for a comedy that you're like, I really want to see that? Yeah. Um, and it was coming out in the theater and you're like, I really want oh, to see Oh, in that. the theater? I don't remember. But I see trailers for things on like Netflix or Hulu and I'm like, ooh. And I think that's where a lot of the comedies went to Netflix and Hulu and other streaming they services. Did, but and like a lot little of them... in, t- in show form, you know, and like little. Right. But I mean, again, as we're talking about, you want to watch something on Netflix, you want to watch something on Hulu, it's playing forever. But you got to press play. <laughs> like this movie would just be on. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Yeah. This movie so would... you just would stumble into halfway yeah. through the movie. You'd stumble into, you know, you'd stumble into the torture scene where they're pulling Robin's tongue. I mean, you'd stumble into that and then be like, well, okay, well, I'm not getting picked up for another hour. I got nothing to do. I just sit here and put it on. And there's no stress. There's no worry. There's nothing. Then this, when this ends, I leave. And there's no commercials, which was a huge thing back in the day because you might not, you know, I was always flipping the channels in between the commercials. I didn't want to watch them. Did you do that? Were you that person? Mm, I wasn't, like, exclusively that person. But I also wasn't, like, not that person. It depends. If I was really invested in what I was watching, I probably wouldn't change a channel. Um, well, maybe I'd get up and get a snack. Or Did you hate... Because I hated... I still do. Watching any movie that's on a cable channel. I hate it. I don't want to watch any movie that's on a cable channel. Because I mean, then get, that means I have to do... That means that I, get, I have to wait for commercials. Like, I get I why that. you hate it, um, but I wasn't... I didn't feel passionately about it. <laughs> I mean, I think I hated more that, like, they would take out some of the bad words or, like, bad scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, I was more like, oh, man, I got to watch, like, a a watered-down version of this movie. Yeah, they would I, cut That shit. bothered me more than the commercial breaks. Yeah, I were... don't... You know what's funny? It's like... Uh, Everyone hated commercials, and now that there's not commercials on, like, streaming services, I, like, miss them. Like, even, like, with our Peacock subscription, I'm like, I don't want to upgrade it because I want the commercial breaks, you know? Yeah, it's strange. I, I yeah. feel that way a little bit, too, in on certain platforms. Other platforms, yeah, like you, like you mentioned Peacock, like, I'm used to that. But at the same time, if I see the same Geico commercial or State Farm commercial, oh, yeah. they, like, that, it's just like, they do play just give the me same new commercials. Commercial. Yeah. I'm like, give me some new commercials. But I mean, I did like commercials because it did tell you different things, right? You know, here's a movie trailer. Be like, oh, I didn't. Oh, The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Like, okay. I mean, like, now. that's a movie. Like, okay, maybe I'll watch that when it comes on something for free. Yeah. I'm not going to spend money on it. But, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, man. And I just, I think this movie, like, epitomizes all of that, right? Because... It was on cable. It was on all the time. You and I can agree that we saw it all the time on cable. So it's like one of those like moments where you can say this thing happened, you know. Now it's just not the same. Like I don't know how you stumble upon this movie. It's not you you have to go out of your way to want to watch it. And when we put it on TV, it was on TV. Like we didn't have to pay for it. It was on we have Spectrum here where we are and it was on on demand. Which means it was on somewhere. 
It was on Stars. I think it was actually on yeah. Stars. I think yeah. it was actually on Stars. So I mean, it's still there. It's just that there's oversaturation in the yeah. In the in why the... would you want to go back and watch a movie a par a I was excited to rewatch this movie. Yeah. But um, I don't know if I only had cable and we didn't have these other things and I was like flipping through the channels and I saw this on. There's a chance I would just be like, oh, I'll throw this on, you know. Do you like? Let me ask you this. Because we're talking about this movie specifically, and and how we got we access it, we access it on a, on demand. Do you think that on demand stays in ten years, or do you think that just goes? Do you think that goes with like our parents? Because like I don't use on demand, because I don't understand. You know, our parents don't use on demand. My yes, they do. They they record stuff on their DVR. That's what they do. Or they do on demand because they know that they can get it after it's played. Okay, maybe your parents, my parents. Do not do on demand. They just record things or they watch it when it's on. Okay. Right. So let's take that and then let's go one step further with the idea of on demand. Because like this, we could have accessed probably through an app at any time. But we did it through like Spectrum because it was on on demand. Like on demand was, well, it was curated though, is the whole thing. Do you remember like being a kid? I remember being a kid in the summer, let's say in, maybe I was 14, 15. And I remember on demand was just that first like, just came out. Oh, on demand. You had to pay extra for on demand, right? So we paid a couple dollars extra a month so you can do on demand. It would be like, here's everything on HBO. And like every month things would leave. Mm-hmm. And every month they'd add things. Yeah. And so it's it's like Netflix is, but it was different because it would do, it's like curated from HBO. Like here's these 20 movies that you can choose from to watch. Like do you like that? Like smaller sample size or I just did. like the whole big I think, thing? I think how that was exciting back then. It was like, oh, let's watch a yeah, movie. Let's really see what's exciting. on HBO. There's all these options. Now it's like, how could I possibly? First of all, my attention span completely shot at this point in my life. Like I don't even want to watch movies. Like we... We watch a lot of movies and they're real. It's rough for me. I'm like, oh god, I gotta sit for another two hours, three hours and watch this movie. Um, I like the shows. I like a series, you know. Um, but it is kind of nice that there's so much out there. We could basically watch whatever we want. I don't know. I mean, it's not as exciting anymore. But to me, it's like a. It's weird. I, I I feel like I'm kind of. I'm kind of like a test subject in a lot of ways that nobody knows was being tested because I started this work from home. I started working from home or working like hybrid, as you would say, probably like 15 years ago. So I've been doing it from a time when we still consume things. You know, we were some of the last people, but we still did it on DVD. And the idea of like Netflix binging, like I would do that all the time when I was sitting at home working way back when. So now it's like, we went through that pandemic and people were just doing all of that and doing it's like I am so far oversaturated with finding anything that when I go on any of those things, my brain just doesn't function. I'm like, I can't find anything that I want to watch where I'm almost like, I wish that this movie would just start playing. <laughs> like, I wish if I turned on my TV, it's like, oh, Robin Hood, Men and Tights, that's fine. Right. Just give me that nostalgia hit. But also like, I can't you log into Netflix and they're like, here's trailers for things you probably don't want to see. But we're trying to push them. Also, here's the things that are trending, which probably doesn't really affect you. Here's a list of things you made, which you only made it on a list because you found it once and you're like, maybe I'll want to watch it again another time at some point, but not now. And then here's everything else figured out. And you're just like, what the fuck? Then you get oversaturated. And I'm like, well, let me check out Hulu. Well, let me check out Peacock. And all of a sudden you wasted 25 minutes. 
not doing anything. And it's just that circle where I'm like, man, people don't know. And meanwhile, I have like a note on my phone with just all these shows to watch. <laughs> Never yeah. think to access this note when we're trying to figure out what to watch. Because it's just like when it's just like when you're so oversaturated. Like I'm I'm so far gone from the oversaturation point that all I want is live content. That's all I want. I'm like, I just want sports talk or I want sports or I want news because I don't want anything that I have to choose to invest time in. Uh-huh. Especially now, like these shows where I'm like, I don't want to invest a single second in your show unless I have all the show. Right? Which is terrible. Because Actually, I'm like, yeah, I kind of disagree. I like the ones that come out weekly. Like it gives me something to look forward to. I miss that. Like when we were watching Succession. Last season, I was like, it was exciting every well, week to... It, it, it's exciting when they're good. And then if you could find podcasts... Game of Thrones, and, like nothing. Well, is... nothing can compare to that in terms of how it hit, like, the culture. Because when you could find people talking about it and listening about it, and there is, like, a rabbit hole you can go down, it's fun. With Succession, towards the end, there was a little bit of a rabbit hole you can go down, which became fun. But, like, throughout it, it was just kind of, like, you watching it. And, like, I really... We love that show. I just find like some of the other stuff now where I'm like, like I was watching uh, an Apple TV a show called Hijack with Idris Elba about like a plane that's getting high to him. I was like, okay. And so I'd watch like two or three and then I'd have to wait. I'm like, can I, can I just get the rest? Like, what, what are we, what are we waiting on? Like, what am I wait? There's no discourse. There's no discussion out there that I'm missing about all the uh, hidden things that are happening in the show. So it really just kind of got to that level where like, I just want to go back to these uh, simpler times sometimes where you're like, just put Robin Hood Menentites on, on loop, on the special loop, which for those that know, if you know, it would be on Stars Comedy and then it would be on Stars Comedy West. Oh, so you can actually watch true. it twice. You can actually watch it twice an hour and a half. HBO did that too. <laughs> yep. Oh, it was good stuff. Um, But back to the movie. Yeah. Well, what? No, like, what were your favorite parts of this movie when you were young? Were there any... Was there anything you really liked now? Like, how did it age? Did you laugh at all when we rewatched it? Because I laughed a few times. And I laughed in a way where I laughed and I was like, oh, God, I just laughed at that. You know, like. I laughed a couple times. <laughs> I, not as much as I, I kind of wanted to. I, I think the underrated or kind of the MVP of the whole thing is the um, Sheriff of Nottingham. I always, always found him comical then because I remembered the movie. Robin Hood Men in Tights, and I'm like, uh, Robin Hood Prince of Thieves, and I'm like, okay, that guy's like a bozo, like the, the sheriff, I'm like, he's a clown, and in this movie, he like, was like, hammed it up, it was really like, you, you could tell he was like, a the, like doing like a theater take on it, yeah, 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 so he wasn't a tough guy, so I found that funny, that was funny, I found, I found that, that was funny, that the witch's name was like Latrine, I found that funny, I found that funny oh, even back then, I never, you know what, I don't yeah. think I ever put that yeah. together back then, that was and like, so I found that funny, um, and I do like that, I always liked the, just the Patrick Stewart scenes when he comes in, and yeah. I mentioned to you, I'm like, yo, my man Patrick Stewart 30 years ago looks exactly like my man Patrick Stewart now, like, I yo, know. the timeless I know. one. I loved, uh, I always loved Patrick Stewart. He was on Star Trek at this point, but then he just gets to come and he gets to be the king. Who and... didn't love Patrick Stewart? I don't know. Like, is there anyone out there who's like, I don't, you know who I really don't, you know who, you know who grinds my gears, you know, rubs me the wrong way? Patrick I feel Stewart. like, I feel like there's like two actors that I love for different reasons, but you'll understand why when we say Patrick Stewart, like him and Brian Cranston, like, cause you know, oh, yeah. just the bald head in this instance, but obviously Brian Cranston is not... Not, let's say naturally bald like Patrick Stewart, but Patrick Stewart, just like, just that old Shakespearean actor, just everything that he did 
and still does, including being Professor X and everything. Like, he just brings a level of, like, gravity to it and, like, weight to the role, but no matter what, how silly it is, right? He's mm-hmm. just always, like, acting. And you can see when that comes through. And then, of course, you know, Brian Cranston, same kind of, I don't know if he's old Shakespearean, but same kind of idea where, like, hey, we're just going to take this material seriously and seriously at a level that we're going to elevate it. And we're going to elevate it to such a level by our performance that it's just going to engross you and kind of hook you in. And not everybody can do that. Certain actors can embody roles, but just not, like, entire experiences. Like, I think of Star Trek, and I'm like, well, I mean, you know, Captain Picard, right? Mm-hmm. You know? I think of I think of the X-Men movies, you know, in the 2000s. I'm like, well, Professor X, right? I mean, like, that's him. That's just him. Even, like, when he was in the Logan movie, and then he had his little cameo here in... Um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness for, you know, two minutes. I'm just like, it's just so cool. Like, you just see him, you're like, it's just so cool. He embodies these, like, these characters where that stunt casting, like, at least with Professor X, like, worked. So I loved him in this movie. I guess if I had to choose, like, a, a favorite scene, my favorite scene. Or just, like, a favorite thing about it. My, my favorite scene and my favorite thing about it will still always be the bridge scene. So the bridge sequence. So in Robin Hood, like, Prince of Thieves... Robin Hood is going to cross into the forest and he gets accosted by Little John on a bridge and they're fighting on the bridge and he like knocks Little John on the bridge and like Little John can't swim. So here it's the same thing except like literally the bridge is not a bridge. It is a footstep over a like a babbling brook. Right. And the bridge is like the most like constructed bridge that you're like, why would you do just like the horse could walk, anything could walk across this thing. It's not right. a problem. And so... The best part is, like, they, they're getting ready to fight, and blah, 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 and they have their two, like, bow staffs, and they're getting ready to fight. And just Dave Chappelle at one point is just like, yo, you could just, like, like, I'm on the east side, I'm on the west side. I'm on the, I'm on one back, I'm on one side, I'm on the, he's just jumping back yeah. and forth by, like, putting his foot. Yeah. And they're just, like, so engrossed in this fight. And they're just fighting, and they just keep breaking their sticks in half, and that I thought was really funny. Until eventually he does knock Little John in, and Little John is literally, like, it's like a bathtub with no water in it, right? <laughs> like, level of water. He's like, I can't swim, I'm dying. It's like, yo, that part's funny. It is pretty funny. So I always thought that, always as a kid, that got me, and it still gets me now. What about you? What was yeah. the part that got you? That that was funny. You know they were going to, um, they wanted Hulk Hogan for the role of Little John? I mean. He was filming. Um, Thunder Paradise? Mr. Nanny. Okay. That's fair. Um, you know what I liked when I was younger? What's that? Because, you know, I can't pick favorite things. But I like that Prince John's stupid mole just kept moving around his face. That part. For some reason. <laughs> really. And you know what I liked about that part, too, is that they acknowledged it. That was a joke in, in World, in the in the thing. He says to him in the scene, he goes, it's, it's moving. You don't remember that? No, yeah, no, I know they acknowledged I actually think it would be better if they didn't, but well, yeah, no, no, yeah. I do remember. Well, yeah, I, I thought that that, because there are, that was a thing that would always happen back then. Is that there would be these little, like, gaffes. I mean, they happen now, but I feel like they really tried, like, for example, the Game of Thrones, like, Starbucks cup. The Starbucks cup. But, like, they happen, and people would just be like, yo, in this scene, you know, like, a famous scene I can always remember is, like, the Han Solo jacket, like, the Han Solo vest. Like, when he's going down to Carbonite, in one scene, he's, like, an all-white shirt, and then the next scene, he is like, more of a close-up, and it's got a vest on, the next scene, the white shirt, oh, and the wow. next scene, the vest on. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, because it's like, if you see, I mean, if you know how they make movies and do these things, it's like, well, here's a wide shot, and they're talking and doing all the thing in the wide shot, and then when they pan in on him, so they had done like a reshoot, and so that's why he's wearing the vest. Gotcha. So when he goes into Carbonite, he's wearing a white shirt, 
and but then he has a vest and and I think it's still they st I think they still to this day have that same scene like in the movie they didn't even take it out and it's just like a famous thing where you're like well that's not right and then you see it and you're like oh it's a get oh you know like blah 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 it's like well people can sometimes make honest mistakes and when you're of putting course. something on a film it's a lot different than when you're putting something digitally and you could take it out like they were doing with the Starbucks cup so I did it I did enjoy the mole scene where they're like yeah. your mole just keeps moving that was just funny. the whole thing, just throughout the movie, the whole his mole. Every movie. time his mole was in a different spot, like at the end, it's like in the middle of his forehead or whatever. It's like yeah. on his nose. That was funny. Anything else you liked about it? Oh, I mean, sure. I laughed a few. I mean, those were probably the things that stick out the most to me. Um, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I like I like a young Dave Chappelle. I really do. So that's fun that you get to watch his first, you know, his first film, his yep. film debut. I thought he was great in it. I, yeah, I really he did. is. He is great in it. I like Isaac Hayes as a sneeze. That was funny. Oh, yeah. And then, like, Tracy Ullman was Latrine. And I remember her because she was on, like... She would be on HBO shows and stuff. So, like, that was the fun, funny part for me is that I remember. Yeah, she was around. Yeah, like, I would remember, like, some of these people. Like, Richard Lewis I'd seen on different, like, whatever shows I'd seen him on. Like, I knew who some of those people were. So, that, that part of it was cool. Because it's like when you're watching, at least in the 90s, you know, you're watching these action movies. They're like, here's these people that you know. Like, Robin Hood, um, Prince of Thieves. Like, here's all the people that you know, right? I think Alan Rickman was, like... I did the, the sh Alan Rickman was somebody. I'm pretty sure he was like King John or whatever. And then you had Kevin Costner and you had Morgan Freeman and you had Will Scarlet was um, Christian Slater, I think. So you had like all people that you knew. And then like this is like, well, here's all comedy people you knew. So that's fun. You yeah. Know, if you knew them. Yeah. But anything else you want to add? Um, let's talk about what didn't age well. I feel like the chastity belt, the entire thing of that didn't age that well. The chastity belt in general didn't, um, but you could get it, right? Like, that's, I got, yeah, I mean, it was but then fine. The, the, like, attempted rape scene, not great. Of who? No, I'm saying, which one? The one... Oh, who, there's, is, is, did I, did I miss one? No, well, well, no, I was gonna say, if you're talking about the Maid Marian thing... Yeah. That's in, like, every historical Robin Hood, though. Okay. So that's not like a, they didn't do that as like a, especially like Prince of Thieves. That literally happens in Prince of Thieves. So it's just a take on that. I get it. Yeah, no. And I get that. I'm just saying that wouldn't be made now in that way. It would because it, because it. You really think so? I, I know in, in a comedy, in a comedy, in a real Robin Hood movie. Yes. But in like a spoof movie, I don't think that they would jokingly make that scene now. I'm going to agree. I'm dude. not offended by it. I understand that it's, that's a. A thing that happened in all the I mean, Robin he, movies. He was using a jackhammer. Yeah, no, it's silly. It's silly as <laughs> like, hell, and she's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's really. Um, I'm just saying, I don't think that they would, that a comedy movie would be made with that scene. It, listen, it's fair. And I, I'm not judging the scene. I would say you and I can agree to disagree on it only because um, I just think that it would because it's part of the 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 overarching Robin Hood story. That was the last thing that he did that got him. Sure, and you're thinking got. of it. As someone who grew up when you did, you're not thinking of how people would react to it that are younger now. So I'm just saying, to save their asses, I don't think a studio would make a, a comedy scene like this. I don't the, know. Well, the way it would happen now is if they did ever make 
Well, they never didn't make movies like this anymore. Right, but if they did, it would just be that the woman, in this case, Maid Marion, would probably end up standing up for herself and stopping him, and then Robin, like, it wouldn't be that true, the man true. has to come and save him. True, 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 true. I mean, listen, that the jackhammer is so funny. Um, By the way, you know what movie came out on July well, 30th? I guess it was just kind of funny. Side story, So I Married an Axe Murder, which... I've, I've never seen that movie. Did you know that? I did not. I've seen it. I'm not a huge fan. Yeah. But... I probably wouldn't have been... Is she an axe murderer? <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> we, we just glossed over that, which things. But anything else you want to add while we do our Robin Hood discussion? But you mentioned so I had married an axe murderer earlier, too. Oh, I did? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I was like, ah. Like, that was like, a, I know there's Canadian Mike Myers. A lot of people liked it. I oh, think he plays me? multiple characters. Yeah, of course. It's Mike Myers. It's I've Canadian heard movie. that people liked it. I didn't really like it. So that's why it's one of those things, like, I didn't like it. Doesn't mean other people aren't more than entitled. You know, honestly, I don't think I'd like it now. It's probably something that at the time maybe I would have thought was funny. I liked Mike Myers. Um, well, it's it's but... the beginning of, like, the Mike Myers, like, the Austin Powers mm-hmm. thing where he's playing multiple characters, too. So like Yeah, I'm that's not... something that they could do back then that I feel like doesn't really work as well now. It works fine I if guess. you... I think what it is, you have to have an attachment to the person playing the multiple characters. Because Eddie Murphy played multiple characters. I was going to say, it, things. Like, I'm not it a, works. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Same. What would, on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you rate Robin Hood Men and Tights? Mm. Right now. I don't know. I'm going to give it a solid 7. Solid 7. Six and a half. When I was a kid, probably 9. Yeah. Like, that's one of my favorite movies. I love the movie all the time. Six and a half is fair. Yeah. You know, six and a half to, to seven and a half, I think And I, I would also give it a nine. Because there's nothing about it. Like, if you put it on in front of a kid now, a kid might laugh. They might. There might be things in there that they laugh. Because, yeah. Because when you take a movie and you set a movie in a historical context like this, like you're setting it in 1500s England or whatever it is, when you're setting it in a time that, like, all of the things that we don't have, you know, all of the, you know, modern technology and all those other things like when we were yelling about or i was yelling about sleepless in seattle a lot of different things that just wouldn't work like we picked a movie here because we wanted to see some of the 90s references that may be aged into it but like there's nothing in here that you can't if you've remade it now you just have people on their phone on twitter or something as a joke right like there's a scene where they all call a locksmith and i'm sure it would be something like you know send a, a twitter bird or send a an x or send a whatever you know what i mean I don't know. There's still locksmiths. A no, tw- no, no. A the, Twitter bird. The, the way that they were, like, at the very end of the movie, they're like, call a locksmith. Uh, it'd probably be like, like I, I'm, sure there's a, I'm sure there's a, a way on YouTube to get yeah. this lock open. Just like. 100%. Yeah, yeah they'd be like, <laughs> oh, well, let, let's. Like, I'm sure, like, they would have, they would randomly, like, throw in a Merlin character or somebody, a wizard who would be able to use YouTube. And it's like, oh, I'm just going to access the internet. But. Jen? Next month. Yeah. We're going to watch two movies. Oh, good. This month, we only watch one. We're going to watch two movies next month. Okay. I'm going to let you choose Ooh. which movie you're going to tell me about. Okay. You can choose mm. to tell me about a movie called Needful Things. I'm sorry. You could tell me about a movie called, we'll take that back because we've talked about it a million times. You can tell me about a movie called That Thing Called Love. You're, okay. Or Searching for Bobby Fisher. Oh, God. <laughs> um, 
I've never seen either of these movies. And we'll watch one. I and mean, the other one we're going to watch is The Fugitive, which is like one of the biggest Okay, so movies. I want to watch A Thing Called Love because I feel like I like when we throw a romantic comedy in there. I feel like there's a lot of good 90s-ish things going on. So tell me about A Thing Called Love. So that's the movie we're going to watch? We're going to watch that and The Fugitive. Okay. Um, I know nothing about this. <laughs> I think that's why I want to watch it. I don't even know the actors that are in it. I can't even see. I'll give you the top four billing. Okay. River Phoenix, Samantha Mathis, Dermot Mulroney, and Sandra Bullock. Okay. Now I remember seeing this and saying to you, I want to watch a thing called Love because it's River Phoenix's last movie. Right? It is his last movie, I think, or at least it's one of his last movies because I know he dies, I believe, in October of this year. Um, so I've seen pictures from the movie because of that. And... That's all I know. So I would guess it's a romantic comedy about uh, a guy, you know, in his early 20s, probably living life like he's still a teenager, trying to, like, figure out his path and falling in love with a girl. And it's about this thing that we call love. Okay. (laughs) maybe it's like a maybe it's like some sort of triangle right where like was it samantha mathis is that her name i think so okay so maybe like she's like the bad girl and then like sandra bullock is like the good girl and he has to like he has a thing for both of them and he has to like figure out like which path is he gonna take the fun like yolo path of like the bad girl or like the responsible path and like be with Sandra Bullock, who's like the responsible, career-driven, family-oriented, good girl. Okay. And maybe she has a cat. Guys, we'll be back. I am pretty sure Jen is going to get a one on that. <laughs> I don't have... <laughs> I think she said love triangle. I think that that... I did say love may triangle. exist. I don't think it's... She's at all talking about the right people, right places, right Have you things. seen it? No, okay. but I mean, I just kind of read a little bit of... Something. I have really good news for you. What's that? And then on top of it, a little bit of bad news. What's that? So the good news is I've acquired the treasure. The Trivial Pursuit game. There is a 1990s Trivial Pursuit game in this house that I got off eBay because I lost our trivia game. Mm -hmm. So I had to buy it. True. So that is the good news. It is in this house. Bad news is we do not have it set up. It is unopened. So we are still playing with these cards for a minute. Well, yeah, we're, we're, we're still working through the um, logistics here. I, I, I think we might have to play a modified game, but we're working through the logistics of how we're going to figure out what to do. Yeah. Also, like we have to figure out where we're going to put it. I think that it's fine we just each do a turn. I think that would be okay. It would take forever, but I mean, we have forever, you know? And we can talk about this all very. The problem, though, with taking a turn is whenever you get a question right, you keep going. So I don't know how great that would be. I think that you... Well, maybe for you, like, you'll get a few <laughs> questions. I think it'll be real quick when we get to me. Trivial Pursuit is not easy and for me, so I think it'll work out fine. But we could try it, you know? Give it a shot. Okay. So where we are now is in the game, the three-question game of 90s trivia. Mm-hmm. We are playing at this point for the rules. Who gets to make the rules? The house rules for Trivial Pursuit and how we'll play it. First to five wins. 
oh, I don't like this because I do know how I want to play it. And I know I'm not going to win this. Okay. But I'm not going to tell you how I want to play it. So we'll see what happens. In 1990, two men dressed as police officers stole 13 famous works of art from the Isabel Stewart Gardner Museum in which city? This is bad because, um, yeah, I went to art school. I have a degree in art, and I don't, I don't know where this museum is because I don't know things like that. Uh, London. Boston. Fuck. Um, at what, did, did you know that? I know of the case, and I think... That I would have got it wrong, but when you said it, I would have known because I think I've seen a documentary about it. Okay. Because they still haven't figured it out. I really? Should, uh, really? I think so, yeah. The weird thing, right? That's a weird thing about stolen art. Because, like, what do you do with it? Like, it's wild when you, like, watch those things about people. No, but you know it, exactly But it's, like, this whole underground circuit of because, people that are, like... Because the thing with stolen art is you know exactly what you do with it. Because if you have enough money under the table to pay for the stolen art, then you probably have a lot of illegal money. So it's going to be in your place where other right, people I was going to say it's this whole like, underground yeah. circuit of people, but then you can't even really show it off to everybody. Cause but it's, you can, I, because like if I'm going to... Not everybody. Let, let, let's assume that you know drug dealers or super fucking shady people are having this and they're going to have it at their place. If you're going to their place, you're probably involved in the shady business. So you're not going to be like, oh yeah... This guy's got this stolen whatever fucking painting, and also he's selling me millions of dollars in drugs, right? I feel like you're just not gonna, sure. Yeah. I mean, sure. But if you're too flashy with things, it comes out. Oh, know? sure. All right. At what U.S. landmark did title characters Thelma and Louise go over the edge after a carefree road trip turned to crime and a cop chase in a 1991 movie that the Canyon. we just watched? The Canyon. The one that is grande. El Grande Canyon. Approximately how many people in the U.S. owned cell phones in 1992? 4 million, 11 million, or 19 million? In 1992? How many people live in the U.S.? Like 300 million? 300 million. Um, 92? I'm going to go 4 million. It was 11 million. Oh, fuck. I was going to say that. Yeah. What waterway linking the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans did the U.S. hand over to its namesake country on December 31st, 1999? Panama Canal. Like, you're getting me easy questions. Can we just... Well, if you get this one... Can we recognize... If you get this this one, you get all of them right. What did the START treaty, signed by President George H.W. Bush and President Mikhail Gorbachev in 1991, agree to reduce drastically? Nuclear weapons? Correct. I did not get them all right, but... The acronym stands for Strategic Arms Reduction Treaty. What city is the setting for the 1994 bestseller Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil? Savannah. Which was released in, as a film in 1997. Well, we, we went there, so that's kind of... Yeah, then we watched a movie. Yeah, so it's kind of like one of those things where we went there and so... Good. Well, it's that book spent a record-breaking 216 weeks on the New York Times bestsellers list. Five years. Man, Savannah's cool. Four years. Well, 
We've said a lot this episode. We've barely talked about Robin and Men in Tights. We're excited about watching that thing called Love. And we are going to get back to you guys. You might get another episode from us this week talking about August things. August things. But this will come Music out in particular. Music. Music. So until then, we appreciate you guys. Like us um, on your earbud listening platform. Yeah, please. Subscribe. If you like. have a minute, just click a nice little rating for us. Maybe leave a comment. Helps so much. Follow us on socials. Where are we at? We are at BLC Mixtapes on Instagram. Where are we on uh, X? Shoots underscore. Nope. Nope. Becky <laughs> left the chat at gmail.com. That's our email that you should definitely write us. That's our email. Write us an email. We're, we're going to get on threads because I don't even know what this X thing is at this point. They're going to have a, a cage fight, I think, you know, so. Yo. Yeah. Real talk. Yeah. I want this cage fight so bad. Real talk. I feel like it's... Celebrity deathmatch style. Okay. I, I can't. I like, can't. Like, I'm going to leave us here with this, right? Like, <laughs> think about this. If you're the aliens... And you've been watching us all this time. And they're out there. We know this. We know this. We, we know, know they're this. there. We And we know this now. Right? And they're like, well, they just told us that. Uh, they, they're like watching the They're case. sitting back with their popcorn. Like, what the they're, fuck? They're sitting back. They're like, well, you know, clearly, like, the communist thing didn't work because Russia's having their problems. And clearly the democracy isn't, isn't working because America's having their problems. And, like, they just told people that we exist and nobody cares. And it's like, now these people are going to have a cage fight and they're going to stream it? Like, yo, now's the time. Like, <sighs> I feel like during the cage fight, the aliens just come down and go, yeah, it's a wrap. You guys have occupied this place too long. You've overheated it. It's time to go. You guys got to go pack it up get out into space. You got to go. That's what I think. Because, I mean, Damn. Why are these people having a cage fight? Why? If I had billions of dollars, the last thing I'm doing is getting into a fucking cage fight. Why? 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 I've never wanted anything more in this billions of dollars. Like together, they could buy parts. I don't know every every single social media app and and drag it down to the ground. I mean, X going give it to you, Jen. Instead of take us out. People shouldn't have this much money. X going give it to you. We're doing X's at each other. X's. Yeah, we're doing X's for I don't uh, even Elon. know. I don't X know where Elon. we were going. I don't know where we've been, but thank you for listening. Um, we love you. August. We'll, we're here. We're going to ri- ride with us in August and we'll get there. Peace out, guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Right, that's right.